preach this morning, why don't we just close our eyes and get in the presence of the Lord. And, and Pastor Josh, can you, can you play that song once again, Whom Will I Fear? And just, just play it in the background. And, and, and let's just think about what God wants to do in our life. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord God, for what you're going to do this morning in this service, oh God. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that right before I preach, Lord God, Lord, the greatest illustration of courage and strength was just displayed in front of us today, that there would be a young couple that would say, I want to go, I want to do, and I'm going to be obedient, and I'm not going to let anything hold me back, God. Lord, thank you, Father, for a generation, a Joshua and Caleb generation of people, Lord, not just young people, but God, older people, Lord, that say, I, I do not want to just fit into the status quo mold, but I want to I do something great. I want to change my world. God, help us to see that there's a lost and dying world all around us, and you've given us the answer, God. And you've equipped us with the Holy Spirit, God. Father, give us passion, God. God, give us vision, Lord God. And give us courage, Lord, to believe that we can go in, Lord, and take care of the giants that are in the land, Father, so that we might be blessed and we might eat of the good things of the land, Father. But also, Lord God, that we might share of the good things of the land with others, Father. So we thank you, Lord. That we have not received the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. I want you to say with me today, I have not received the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. I have the spirit of courage. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, Amen. Well, I, I want you to turn in your Bibles for a few moments to a, a really important scripture. But, but before you do that, just hold, op hold open your Bibles for a moment. I want to tell you this story. I feel led to tell you this story. There was a, a, a small little scrawny little guy who is uh, kind of a wimpy looking guy and and, and he got in his mind that he was going to be a world-class wrestler. So he went and bought all kinds of books on wrestling. And he went to the, to the coach on the, the high school team. And he said, Coach, I want to wrestle. And the coach looked at him and said, You want to what? He said, Coach, I want to wrestle. He said, Well, you're kind of small and I don't want you to get hurt. He said, Coach, I'm telling you, I want to wrestle. And so the coach said, okay, I'll give you one shot at it. Well, he went and wrestled, and he won the match. Well, not only did he win that match, but he won every single match up until the championship. This young man was tenacious. This young man, it didn't matter how big his opponent was, he just saw them as an opportunity to just display strength and, and, and courage. And, and so he, he would win every single fight. Well, now he gets to the place where he's going to come up against the champion, and the champion is a big dude, and he is a champion, and he's, been, he's like a Goliath, and there's no way in the world that the coach thinks that this young, scrawny little boy is going to win this match. And so they start wrestling and wrestling, and, and all of a sudden, you, you, the, the crowd looks, and, and, and they see as this, this big, giant Goliath throws this boy down, and everybody's like, whoa, and they're thinking maybe something broke, you know, and, and so the coach, he couldn't bear to watch to see what was going to happen next. He knew he was going to get pinned, and so he turned his face, and when he turned his face, he heard the whole entire crowd cheer, and he thought to himself, well, I guess he lost, and all of a sudden, he looked and he saw that the little scrawny guy was on this big giant, and he pinned the guy. And so he ran over to the young boy, and the young boy said, I won, coach, I won, coach, I won. He said, I'm really sorry, I have to admit that I couldn't bear to watch, and so I turned my face because I couldn't stand to see what that guy was going to do to you. He goes, coach, coach, listen to me, I won, don't you get it, I won. He goes, yeah, but I, I really feel bad that I wasn't able to watch all the way through. He said, he said to the young boy, he said, and tell me, how in the world did you beat the guy? He said, well, coach, he said, he, he had me like a, like a pretzel, and he was right about 
out to, to, to pin me. He said, but I saw a big fat toe right in front of me. And so he said, so I bit the toe, and I just bit the toe. He said, and it was amazing. It's amazing what you can do when you bite your own toe. And today, I want to talk to you about being tenacious, about having a courageous, persevering, and enduring spirit, a spirit like Caleb had. So turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 14, verse 14. Joshua 14, verse 14. Now these are the areas the Israelites received as an inheritance in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar, the priest, Joshua, son of Nun, and the heads of the tribes, clans of Israel allotted to them. So the Israelites divided the land just as the Lord had commanded. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that your children forever because you have followed the Lord God wholeheartedly. Everybody say wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses. While Israel moved about in the desert, so here I am today, 85 years old. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, you don't look a day over 84. And I am still strong today as the day of Moses sent me out. And I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised to me this day. You yourself heard that the Analekites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helped me and I will drive them out as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as an inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenazite, even since because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Everybody say wholeheartedly. So this morning, I want to continue my series entitled Strong and Courageous. You see, God wants to raise up Christians that are strong in faith, that are strong in his word, that are strong in prayer, that is strong in community. You know, one thing I really love about our church is we're strong in community. That we love each other. And that it isn't easy to say goodbye to people that we love. Even if it's for a season because we, we love deep. And we're community. We're friends. We're brothers. And we're strong in unity. We need to be strong in our witness. We need to let the world know what we stand for. And what we believe in. We need to be strong in our core convictions. And we need to be willing to live by those core convictions. Let me, let me be bold enough to say we need to be willing to die for our core convictions. And things are so radically changing in our world today. People's convictions are, are, are being swayed by popular, uh, perhaps popular demand. People demanding that we kind of fit in with the crowd, that we go with the crowd. And, and whatever's happening in the world, it seems like some of the churches are just going with the crowd. And it really just breaks my heart. For the past several weeks, we've been looking at strong characters in the Bible. In fact, we started on Mother's Day and we talked about some strong women of the Bible. And then we looked at Daniel. Daniel was thrown in the lion's pit. Then we look at Benaiah. Benaiah wasn't thrown in the lion's pit. Benaiah jumped in the lion's pit. And he was so courageous that he dealt with the, the, the lion in his life, as you would say. And then we talked about Joshua last week. This morning, I want to look at Caleb. I want to look at the life of Caleb. And the truth is, Caleb stands as one of the bravest and most devoted followers of God in all of the Bible. But the truth is that Caleb so often is overshadowed by Joshua. How many stories, how many sermons have you heard about Joshua? Because Joshua was called by Moses and the Lord to lead the people of Israel. But Caleb, Caleb is a, a man of great bravery, of great courage. 
Caleb loved the Lord with all of his heart. And as the word of the Lord said over and over again, while God was saying to Joshua, be strong and courageous, while God had to tell Joshua to serve him with all of his heart, no one had to tell Caleb to serve the Lord wholeheartedly. In fact, the Bible says that Caleb went into the land and he received his inheritance because he loved God and he followed God with all of his heart. I guess... The truth is that this story is an incredibly inspiring story because it's a story about a man who just never gave up. He bit into the promise of God and he didn't give up. He bit into the promise of God and he didn't give up until his opponent cried uncle. Until they were, they were, they were put to the mat, until they were, they were pounded to the mat because Caleb believed that God's promises were for his life. Even as a young man, he held on to the promises of God, and he was tenacious, and he was persevering in his, in, his, in his attitude, in his conviction, and he wholeheartedly loved God because he believed that God was faithful to his promises. Somebody say amen. You see, Caleb stands toe-to-toe with every other great patriarch of the Old Testament because he was absolutely obedient. He was undyingly loyal to what God had called him. He was tenacious in spirit. And he, for his, the whole entire of his life, he just simply, simply would not give up. You see, when I was reading the story of Caleb, I, I kept on crying out to God all week long. I keep on saying, God, make me faithful to the end. Because the truth is, it's not how fast you start. It's not how you start the journey. It's not how you start the race. But it's how you finish the race and some of us we can get old and we can get tired you know we can do this day in and day out we could be praying and seeking God and seeking God's face and somewhere along the line we can lose some energy in our life and as a result of that we we open ourselves up to the enemy's lies and the thoughts of the, of the enemy and we've got to be careful and Caleb is an example of a man who was so diligent that he kept his strength up all the days of his life that tells me something about prayer that tells me something about being in the word that tells me something about staying connected to the community it tells me that every day we have to refresh ourselves in the Lord, that we've got to take our vitamins, that we've got to take our spiritual vitamins, that we've got to take our emotional vitamins, that we've got to take our relational vitamins so that we can stay strong because it's not how fast you start, but it's how glorious you end. Somebody's saying, glory to God. And the first time we really see Caleb in action is in Numbers chapter 13. Caleb is one of the leaders that are sent out to spy out the land. Remember, there were 12 leaders that went out to spy out the land. And Caleb is of the tribe of Judah. Remember that. Caleb is of the tribe of Judah. Why is that important? Because Jesus is from the tribe of Judah. David was from the tribe of Judah. Solomon was from the tribe of Judah. This is a very special tribe. It's a tribe of praise. In fact, the name Judah means praise. And we find that that Joshua was taught by God that the greatest way to, that you can come against the enemies in your life is to praise the Lord no matter what happens. And let me tell you, Friday night was awesome. It was off the charts. I want to encourage you. Once a month, we've been doing these prayer meetings and these fasting days and, and coming together and worshiping the Lord. And man, I tell you what, God broke out on Friday night. And we were thanking the Lord and praising the Lord. Because no matter what season you find yourself in, we need to all learn that praise is the weapon that we use against discouragement in our life. Come on, somebody. Praise is the weapon that we use against the enemy of our soul because praise is the ultimate act of faith in our life. And God shows Joshua that when you go into the land, march around the city of Jericho seven times uh, or do it every day for seven days and the last time do it for seven and then just shout and the walls will come down. And so Caleb is of the tribe of Judah. And Caleb is 40 years old at this time. And the Bible says that God sends Caleb with 11 other men into the promised land. And they come back from the promised land. And you know what happened. You know that 10 of the spies came back and said, yes, it's a great land. It's an awesome land. But it has giants in the land. There's no way that we're going to take this land. They're too strong. They're too big. They're too many. Notice what it says in Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. Then Caleb silenced the people. I love this. Then Caleb said, shut up. <laughs> he said, 
quit complaining. Quit weeping. He said, here's the deal, guys. We can go in and take the land. Why? Because their protection is gone. They have no protection because they don't have the blessing of God on their life. And as a result of that, we can go in. Why? Because we're covenant people. And friend, I want to tell you something. That you are a covenant person. When you have entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ, because you are in Christ Jesus, then the Father looks at you and you are his son, you are his daughter, and you are in a covenant relationship with God. And if you're in a covenant relationship with God, there's no weapon that is formed against you that will prosper because you're the head and you're not the tail and you will be blessed going into the promised land come on somebody and Caleb silences the people and says we can go in and take the land but the other leaders refuse to listen to Caleb and the Bible says they spread such a bad report and all the people began to weep and demand that another leader would take them back to Egypt numbers chapter 14 Verse 5 says, then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly and gathered there, and Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes. Wow, that's pretty radical. They, they ripped their clothes off. They tore their clothes as a pronouncement against Israel and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we possess through and explored is exceedingly good if the Lord is pleased with us he will lead us into this land a land flowing with milk and honey and will give it to us only do not rebel against the Lord Joshua and Caleb are pleading with the people please don't rebel against the Lord don't give in to fear don't give in to discouragement don't give in to doubt. Don't give in to sin. Don't rebel against the Lord. He said, don't be afraid of these people in this land because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us, so don't be afraid. You see, when you get afraid, when you give in to fear, you start rebelling against the Lord, and you start rebelling against the, the commandments of the Lord, and you don't trust the Lord to go in and possess the land because you're gripped and paralyzed by fear. And God is really ticked off. I mean, have you ever noticed that God, God got, got really ticked off a couple of times in the Bible, huh? And he's really ticked off. In fact, he tells Moses, listen, get away from these people. I'll make you a great nation, but I'll use another people. He said, just get away. And, and how many times Moses has to intercede for the people? And God is really ticked off because these people got bad attitudes. They had a forgetful spirit. They forgot all the things that God had already done for them. And that's a bad attitude. When we forget what God did for us yesterday, let me remind you, God has been really, really good to you. Turn to your neighbor and say, let me remind you, God has been really, really good to you. Don't you hate when the preacher tells you to turn your neighbor and do that? Like, oh, I got to look at my neighbor again. <laughs> Man, I don't even know the dude. But they forgot the miracles. They forgot the Red Sea. They forgot the manna. They forgot the deliverance and the divine provision. They forgot the power of God. They forgot the faithfulness of God. They had a quitter spirit. When times got hard, did you notice something about the Israelites? Every time they faced a Red Sea, every time they faced a difficult time, what did they do? We want to go back home. I mean, we just want to go back home. Forget about all of this. You know, we need water. Moses, where are you going to get us water? We want to go back to Egypt. Hey, Moses, we're at the Red Sea. How are you going to part? We want to go back to Egypt. You know, we were better off in Egypt. Yeah, we were slaves, but, you know, we had cucumbers and we had, you know, all the good stuff there. We had, we had meat and we could eat, but we were slaves. But it's better off than dying in the wilderness. They were quitters. God doesn't call us to quit when we get into difficult times. God says, you keep on moving forward. I'm going to show you my glory. And maybe you're here today and you want to quit. You want to throw in the towel. You want to give up. This is not the time to give up. This is the time to stand still, as God said to Moses, and see the salvation of his people. Come on, somebody. They had a grumbling and complaining spirit. 
Numbers 14 says that that night all the people of the community raised their voices and wept aloud and all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or, or in this desert, but we don't want to be here right now. Just kill us, God. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it have been better for us to go back to Egypt as they said to each other? We should choose another leader and go back to Egypt. They, they gave up on their leader. They had a, a quitter spirit, not only to go back to Egypt, but to, to give up on the leader. You know, when the leaders are not doing the right thing, man, we just want to jump ship. You know, when we think they're not doing the right thing. And they had a, not only a grumbling spirit, but they had a rebellious spirit. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us that all the things that were written in the Old Testament are an example to us to help us to recognize that we cannot have a grumbling spirit, that we cannot have a sinful, lustful spirit, because if we do that, we're going to die spiritually. Verse 6 says, now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages have come. In other words, God's blessing is here today. We're in Christ Jesus, and as a result of that, we are covenant people, and we have the best of the best. Let me tell you something. I thank God for the stories in the Old Testament. Man, I would have loved to see the Red Sea parted, and I would have loved to see the deliverance of God, but the Bible tells us that we are living in the best days of all that we're living in a dispensation of grace, that we're living in God's blessing like no other people in the history of mankind has ever lived in. And so here we are today, and Caleb says, but we can go and possess the land. But the people rejected Caleb, rejected Joshua, and rejected the Lord. But notice what it says in Numbers chapter 14, and, and the Lord replied, <clears throat> I have forgiven them as you asked because Moses, he's interceding for the people. And so because of Moses, because of Joshua and Caleb, did you know that God honors people? I, I really believe that God loves everyone but likes some. <laughs> that God loves everyone, but there's some people, they have the heart of God. And God is pleased with them. And Moses had the heart of God. That even when God said, listen, I'm going to destroy the people of Israel. Just get away from them. But because God so loved Moses, that Moses was able to intercede for the people of Israel. And notice what it says. The Lord replied, I have forgiven them as you have asked Moses. Nevertheless, as surely as I live, and as surely as the Lord will fill the whole earth with his glory. Not one of the men who saw my glory and the miraculous signs I performed in Egypt and in the desert, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times. Not one of them will ever see the land that I promised on an oath to their fathers. In other words, the Lord said, I've forgiven them and they can wander in the desert until they die. And I'll give them manna every day, but that's all they're going to live on. You know, there's some Christians that are living far below what God wants for their life. They're just getting the manna. Friend, I thank God for the manna, but I want more than manna. I want to go into the promised land, and I want, to, I want to experience all the blessings of God on my life. But notice what God says. He says, not one of them that treated me with content will ever see the promised land. Not one of them that grumbled. Not one of them that complained. Not one of them that quit. Not one of them that rebelled against me is going to see the blessing of the promised land because they treated me with contempt. But notice what God says. Numbers 14. I want you to write this down somewhere and read it again. Numbers 14, verse 24. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit. I love that. Because he followed me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went into, and his descendants will inherit it. Wow, I love this statement from God. God says, because my servant Caleb has a different spirit, I will bring him into the land. 
I will show him the great things once again. You see, Caleb went in the first time, and he just received a glimpse of the promised land. He was only in there for a couple of days, and he could just taste the good things just for a short time. But God said, because Caleb has a different spirit, I'm going to show him how I'm going to bless him. And not only am I going to bless him, but I'm going to bless his children. And all the things that I promised him, he's going to get, and he's going to pass it on to his children. And I'm here to tell you this morning that God is looking for people with a different spirit. He's looking for people that rise up and believe God with all their heart, who wholeheartedly serve the Lord. He's looking for people with a different spirit. Caleb had a different spirit. He had a faith-filled spirit. He had a courageous spirit, an obe obedient spirit, a loyal spirit. And God said, I will never forget the promise that I made to Caleb because he has a different spirit. He will see the promise because he had a different spirit. So what kind of spirit did Caleb have? If he had a different spirit, and you know what? I believe that there are people in the church that have a different spirit. You know, there's those people that just kind of get by. They know they're saved. They know they're going to heaven. In fact, that's what they're waiting for. Their favorite hymn is, I will not be moved until I get to heaven. <laughs> and it really doesn't matter. They just, they just want to coast in, man. You know what I'm talking about? They, they just want to be a part of the crowd. But they're not going to be a leader. They're not going to make a difference in their community. They're not going to make a difference in their home. They're not going to rock the boat. But I'm here to tell you that God wants to raise up young men and women. God wants to raise up mothers and fathers who have a different spirit. Listen to me. God wants to raise up senior citizens that have a different spirit. I mean, only time will tell how incredible this spirit was upon Caleb. But Caleb now is not 40 years old because now fast forward with me 45 years later. Listen to me. 45. He's 40 years old when he goes into the promised land for the first time. And he sees all the great things. And he comes back to Moses and he comes back to the people of Israel. And he says the land is good and God is for us. And if God is for us, no one can stand against us. we got to go in and take the land. Notice what happens, though. The people rebel, and God says, you're going you're gonna to march around the desert for another 40 years. And now it's 40 years later, and God raises up a whole other generation. Just like God said, all the leaders and all the people that grumbled and complained, they all dropped dead in the desert. Wow. Not one of them made it into the promised land, except for Joshua and Caleb. And a whole nother generation. And look at me, young people, wherever you are this morning. Listen, God wants to raise up a whole nother generation. I call them the Joshua Caleb generation that have a different spirit. That you have a different spirit. Young lady, you have a different spirit. 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 And you got a lot of kids. Young man, you, you have a different spirit. Young lady, you have a different spirit. You have a different spirit. Young man, you have a different spirit. And God wants to pepper young people all over this world with this different spirit. You, you have a different spirit. God wants to pepper our colleges with people who have a different spirit. You have a different spirit. You're looking at me like, wow, you're crazy. <laughs> God's raising up a Joshua generation. Gabrielle, you have a different spirit. Christina, you have a, a different spirit. You have a courageous spirit. You have a never say die spirit. You have a spirit that says we can go in and change our communities. And we can bring hope to Romania. And we can bring hope to Jamaica. And we can bring hope to our high schools. And God, you can use us. Young men, you have a different spirit. You have a nice bonnet. Different spirit. 
So Caleb now is 85 years old, 45 years later. And they go into the promised land with this whole other generation of people. And the Bible says that when they go in, they encounter Jericho and they encounter Ai. And they take care of these other armies and these other nations. And, and now Joshua, listen to me. Now Joshua is sitting down and he gathers the, the, the tribes. And there are seven to nine tribes of, that, are, that are coming before Joshua. And the Bible says that, that, that Joshua is just ready to allot the land. And he's, and he's getting ready to point over there. And he says, okay, Nephilim, you can... And all of a sudden, Caleb emerges from the crowd. I mean, he pushes all these young bucks out of the way, these young whippersnappers out of the way. He's 85 years old, but he's strapping, man. He's strong, because the Bible says that God kept him strong all the days of his life. And he said, young man, get out of my way. Young man, get out of... I got to talk to Joshua. And he... And he approaches Joshua and he says to Joshua, do you remember, Joshua, that God made me a promise? 45 years ago, I went into the promised land and I saw this hill and I saw the giants on the hill and I said to God, God, give me the giant. Give me the hill. He said, I'm telling you, Joshua, don't give that hill to no one else. It belongs to me and it belongs to my children because God promised and I want you to know, Joshua, that I'm going in to take the land and I want the heads of those giants. 85 years old. Could you imagine this old man saying, I want the giants. I want my hill. And I think a different spirit says, God, you've made me a promise. And God, even if it took 45 years to get to this hill, I'm going to take my hill. And every one of you have a hill to take. I'm telling you, every one of you still have a hill to take. It might be an unsaved young boy that you have in your home. It might be a young lady that you've been praying for. It might be a marriage. It might be something that God put in your spirit and in your heart 20 years ago or 30 years ago, what it, whatever it may be. It may be that God said to you that you'd be in the ministry one day, but 40 years ago you said, I can't do it. I've got too many responsibilities. God, I can't obey you now. And you turned back and you went into the desert and you know even though that God has been promoted providing manner for you every day of your life. There's something so much more that God wants you to do in your life. And, and you're at the promised land today. And you're looking at Joshua and you're saying, God, this is the time. This is the moment. This is the day that I want to climb up that hill. And I want to deal with the giant of fear in my life. This is the day, God, that I'm going to get my promise. Come on, somebody. Seize the moment. You know, he had a persevering spirit. And how we need to have a persevering spirit. You know, there were over 7,000 promises in the Bible. And every single one of them are yea and amen in Christ Jesus for us and towards us. And how we need to have a persevering spirit. Never say die. You know what else I think? I think that, that Caleb had a forgiving spirit. He had, listen to me, he had a persevering spirit and as the worship team comes, he had also a forgiving spirit. I mean, just think about it. He could have gone in and took the land the first time, 45 years. 40 years wandering in the desert, five years now that he had to wait as he was in the promised land for his heel. And I think to myself, Caleb never allowed himself to get bitter over the circumstances. It wasn't his fault. He told the guys, listen, let's go in and take the land. So for 45 years, he could have been enjoying the promised land. Instead, he had to go with the people again into the desert and wander for another 40 years. But he never, never got bitter. And, and, and let me suggest to you today that there will be times in your life when you will, for whatever reason, have to march back into the desert and it wasn't your fault. It was your husband, your wife, whoever. And it was a decision that, that they made that created the chaos in your life today. Oh, don't look at your husband right now. Not a good time. <clears throat> that, that you had a, a different spirit. You had a, a Caleb spirit. You had a courageous spirit. 
But because you are connected to someone else, whatever it may be, that person, because they didn't have that same spirit, dragged you back into the desert for another 40 years. And here's where you are today. Don't let your heart become bitter. Have a forgiving spirit. Because here's the deal. Caleb knew this one thing. As long as I'm in the desert, marching around this desert, I'm holding on to the promises of God. And God, you're going to use me in spite of my predicament in my life. And, and Caleb just allowed that season in his life, that season in his life to strengthen his resolve to get what God promised him. You know, Friday night, God just gave me a word. And I'm telling you, it was like, it was like a fire shut up in my bones when God gave me this word. See, the people of Israel, they would always complain. Always complain. On one occasion, they got so sick and tired of manna. Listen to me. That they started to all complain. Man, why can't we have something more than just this manna? Now, I got to be honest with you. When I, the first time I read that, I'm like, dude, every day the same thing over and over and over again. This, this little wafer of manna that they would crush and they'd, they'd make it into you know, cakes, but how many things can you do with, with manna? Think about it. I mean, you can't have a barbecue with manna. I mean, you could crush it all you want, you know, and I know they got veggie burgers and all those kind of things, but the truth of the matter is, is man, sometimes you just want a really big fat steak, you know? There was a time when we went on a fast. It was a four-day fast, rice and beans. Remember that? When we went on rice and beans fast, and I know you Puerto Ricans were like, this ain't so bad. Rice and beans. Oh, I could do this, you know. The first, the first day we had rice. I'm like, this is good. I like rice. Second day, this is okay. I like rice. Third day, rice for breakfast, rice for lunch, rice for dinner. I'm like, no more. My wife started crying. Please, no more rice. And I'm thinking just four days, rice, 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 rice. And the people of Israel... They got manna every day, every day for months, for months and months and months. Manna, the same thing. And they cry out to the Lord and they go, and actually they didn't even cry out to the Lord. They just started complaining. And I'm thinking to myself, God, give them a break. Give them something different, you know. Give them a, give them a, 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 a change up the menu a bit, God, you know. Give them a break, you know. Give them, give them some arroz con pollo and give them some oxtail and, you know, give them some hot, whatever, you know, just change it up a bit and you know what the Bible says the Bible says that the anger of the Lord became great against the people because they started complaining about their meal and I'm thinking God they just complained about their meal what's the big deal and the Lord just dropped it in my spirit the reason why the Lord became angry is because God wanted them to be in that season of need in their life God wanted them to be in that season of saying I'm thankful for whatever you give me God and there will be a time in all of our lives where God will bring us through a season of leanness he will bring us through a season a time in our life when he's just meeting our daily needs and that's it no more just enough to get by and you say but you know what I should be blessed I mean I should be really blessed that's what the Bible says that I should be living on the blessings of God but you know what the truth is sometimes God purposely allows us to go through a season of leanness in our life so that we can learn to be grateful we can learn to say God I'm depending on you one day at a time God because when it's all said and done it's all about God and it's all about the provisions of God in our life and God knew just in a couple of weeks the Israelites would go into the promised land and they would have so much they wouldn't know what to do with it. So God was saying, don't complain, just keep moving forward. Don't complain, but just keep believing me. Don't complain, but just keep on looking forward to the promised land. Because in the time of leanness in our life, we start to yearn for the promised land. But the people started to complain and grumble. And you know what God said? God said, you want me? I'll give you so much meat 
that you'll have so much, so much meat that it'll come out of your nostrils. Oh. He says the moment you start eating it, it'll become like rottenness in your bones. He said, you want meat? You got meat. And friend, I want to tell you something. In all of our lives, we got to get to that place where we say, I'm thankful, God, for the season I'm in right now in my life. Because this is a season in which God is doing his best work on the inside. And the Bible says that Caleb, listen to me, Caleb, 85 years old. I want to be there, 85 years old. I'm, I'm far from there, praise God, hallelujah. But I want to be at that place at 85 years old to say, but the Lord has kept me strong all the days of my life. In the lean times, in the middle of the desert, God was still faithful to me. In the middle of the desert, God was still using me. In the middle of the desert, God was still doing a great work in my life. I want you to bow your heads with me right now. Because I think that God is raising up a group of people that have a different spirit. They have an enduring spirit. They have a persevering spirit. They have a spirit that says, God, give me the hill. You see, in order for you to really get all the blessings of God in your life, you got to be a giant killer. 85 years old, Caleb is killing giants. 85 years old, Caleb is as strong in the Lord as he was when he was 40 years old. 85 years old, Caleb is staying strong all the way to the end. Lord, keep us strong, God, all the way to the end. See, if we're going to really profess that we're Christians and we're going to really possess everything that God has for us, we need to possess a different spirit in our life. If you want to taste the goodness of God in your life, how many of you want to taste the goodness of God in your life? If you want to smell the fragrance of God's grace in your life? You want to see the power of God in your life? You want to defeat giants in the land in your life? You want to experience the great promises of God in your life? You must possess a different spirit. Listen to me. You're never going to see greatness in your life until you decide God, give me a different spirit. When everyone else is simply living a lukewarm Christian life, it will take a different spirit. When everyone else is saying, it can't be done, it will take a different spirit. When everyone else is just wanting to get by, fitting in with the flow, fitting in with the crowds of cowards, complainers, and compromises, it will take a different spirit. When everyone else wants to give up, give in to fear and failure, it will take a different spirit. When everyone else wants to fit in with the crowd that's, that's going with popular opinion, it's going to take a different spirit. It's going to take a spirit that believes in the miraculous. It's going to take a spirit that will trust God for amazing things to come in your life. It will take a person as a different spirit that will stand up against the tide and swim upstream all the way. It will take a different spirit. Listen to me. People who make a great impact in this world are people that have a different spirit. People who never give up. People who never throw in the towel. People who bite into the promises of God until their enemy is on the mat. A different mindset, a different attitude, a different way of operating, a different mentality, a different level of passion, a different level of commitment, a different level of determination, a different level and a different set of values, a different set of principles that propel them into the great things that God wants them to do in their life. So let me ask you a question this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed. Do you want to possess a different spirit than the world? Would you say with me, I want to have a different spirit. I want God to put in me his spirit, a different spirit. With your eyes closed, I came across a, a great poem about Caleb. It's about his courage that captures the valor and the spirit of expectancy in this great man of God. It says, he stood before Joshua with flashing eyes, 
give me this mountain before I die. But Caleb, you're an old man now, and this mountain is high. Choose a peaceful spot on this plain to die. The people who live on the mountain are strong, and the battle you fight will be bloody and long. His eyes never wavered as he spoke without fear. I've been promised this mountain for 45 years. And as for the people being mighty and tall, the bigger they are, you know what it, he said, the harder they fall. For it's not my strength on which I'm counting, for the Lord is going to give me that mountain. So let's quit talking while it's still light. For the Lord and I have a battle to fight. So I'm going to ask you a question. Do you want a different spirit? Do you want to possess a persevering, enduring spirit until the day you die? I want you to stand to your feet and say, God, give me a different spirit. Give me a different spirit. When everyone else is going the way of the world, give me a different spirit. When leaders in the church are playing it safe, Christina, Gabrielle, give me a different spirit. When no one else wants to go where their need is, give me a different spirit. When everyone else is saying, it's okay, I'll get by. I'll just be a Christian right where I am. Give me a different spirit to say there's more for me. And I want everything that God wants me to possess. Father, I thank you this morning, God, that you're raising up people with different spirits, Lord. God, I, I thank you today, God, that you're raising up people, God, that are people of courageous spirits. Lord, that they're going to obey you. And they're going to trust you wholeheartedly, God. We thank you for that, Father. Do your work. Do your best work at the altar today, God. And so you're here today and you say, Pastor Steve, if I die today, I'm not certain that I'd die. I'd go to heaven. And I want Jesus to forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. I need a different spirit. I need the Holy Spirit living inside of me. And I just need to get right with God today. I want you to raise your hand if you're here. Say, Pastor, I don't know if I die today. I go to heaven and I need Jesus to forgive me. Just raise your hand. Anyone in this place? Say, Pastor, pray for me today. Pray for me today. Well, we're going to take a few moments and we're going to invite you. God bless you for that hand. We're going to invite you today to come to the altar and envision in your heart that when you come to this altar that you are right at the doorstep of the promised land. And I want you to pray this kind of prayer. God, wherever, whatever you want me to do, give me a different spirit to wholeheartedly trust and obey you. If that's you today, I want you to get out of your seat, come to the altar, and just kneel before the Lord and say, God, give me a different spirit. Come on. Just come out and just spend time with the Lord today. Say, God, give me a different spirit. Give me a different spirit. And we're going to turn this place into a prayer meeting this morning. So I want to encourage you to come and just find a place around the altar today and just say, God, give me a different spirit, God. Give me a courageous, persevering, enduring spirit, God, all the way to the end. Can we pray? Can we play that song again and just... Can we worship the Lord? I'm running to your arms. I'm running to your arms. The riches of your love will always be enough. Nothing compares to your embrace. Light of the Nothing compares to your 
all raise our hands towards heaven today. Let's pray a Caleb prayer today. Let's pray this together. Father, thank you that what you put in our hearts, the promises that you have made to us, whether it's today or long ago, never change. God, there's a mountain that I need to climb. Give me strength. There's a giant that I need to take care of. So God, give me a Caleb spirit to believe that I can finish the work that you called me to finish. Remind me that I'm a covenant child and that you want to bless me. And while I'm in this season of leanness, waiting, give me a grateful spirit, a grateful heart. Keep my spirit soft. Help me to forgive. When somebody drags me back into the desert, help me to keep a soft heart, knowing that all things work together for the good for those who love God the called according to his purpose give me a different spirit help me to operate in a courageous spirit in a faith filled spirit with a wholehearted devotion to you in Jesus name Amen. I'm just going to encourage you, if you're at the altar, to just stay at the altar and just, we're going to come and pray for you in a moment. Pastor Henry's going to come and just lay his hands on you and pray for you. If you're a young person and you really want a, a different spirit, I'm going to ask if, if Gabrielle and Christina might pray for some of the young ladies that are here today. If you're here and you want prayer for whatever you need prayer for, maybe you need prayer for healing. Maybe you need prayer for, for the courage that you need to have to climb up that mountain, take care of that giant in your life. Whatever it is, we're going to encourage you to come. And Pastor Henry and a couple of the others, all the workers, along with Christina and Gabrielle, will pray for you that God would bless you and minister in your life. Amen.